you know, when you're part of the family, then everything that belongs to the family belongs to you. And God says he owns all the cattle on a thousand hills. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm wealthy. And we're wealthy for a purpose, and that's so that no matter what we see, no matter what's going on around us, we have the ability to make a provision that God wants to make, a deposit in somebody's life that will change their life forever. And uh, I'm grateful that God gives us an opportunity to work with him. He said that's what he would do, God working with us. And uh, I'm glad that I don't work in this life by myself, but God is on my side. Are you glad too? Let's stand up together, and we're going to make our confession. If you're visiting with us, uh, we confess what we believe. Um, Maybe not what we see at the moment, but we know the word of God is truth. And if God said it, he will do it. Everybody say that. If God says it, he will do it. And so when we make our confession, we're making our confession not based upon our performance, not based upon our ability, but based upon God's word, which is truth, and his ability to do the impossible. Everybody say the impossible. And right now, this confession to you might look impossible for your life, but this confession is true about you. Let's say it together. I am here on purpose because I have a purpose. My heart is open. My mind is ready to receive because God is not finished with me yet. My best days are right in front of me. Hold it. Everybody say that again. My best days are right in front of me. Turn to your neighbor and tell him. My best days are right in front of me. Go on. And I have victory in my life because Jesus lives in me. Father, I thank you for every person here tonight and that it is true. What your word says is truth. Even when we're in a place where it looks impossible, we cannot let go of the miraculous. And so tonight, Lord, as this message is shared, I believe you want us to live at a higher level. I believe you want us to live in a realm where the impossibility in the natural is a possibility for us. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Okay, you can be seated. Uh, Tonight you get me. I don't know where my husband went. I guess he went home. I don't know. But uh, he'll be back. But tonight I want to talk to you about the miraculous. Everybody say the miraculous. You know, um, I don't know about you, but when we look around at the world and what all is going on in the world, um, and some people are saying that it's God that's causing all the disasters so that people will do the right thing. Uh, I don't personally believe that because I believe God is good. God is good all the time. I know what it says. John 10, 10 says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And when I see California and the destruction, I don't believe God did that to teach anybody anything. I do believe there's seasons and there's things just like uh, Laurel said about her class. I encourage you to get in the principle, the, the, the principle of the path. I gave that book to our seniors that graduated this year for one purpose. I believe it's important you get started down the right path first, not second or third or fourth, or the fifth time around, but to get right out there on that path that God has for you. And I believe the seasons come and go. There are weather patterns. There are things that happen. But we have the power to stop some of that stuff, and I believe it happened over Florida. You know, that hurricane was going to take that whole state. And in the end, it became a very minimal amount of destruction for what the enemy had planned. 
because people were praying. Everybody say praying. And the miraculous comes out of the spirit. It doesn't come out of the natural. I cannot run down to Florida, stand in the keys and say, stop. I'll be blown to somewhere. I don't know where. Uh, I wouldn't survive that. But I can pray that the power of heaven will go into effect. I can bind the work of the enemy. I can lose the power of God. And I can speak to that storm in Jesus' name to stop in the name of Jesus. And, you know, I believe that just like all things in our faith, it grows. You know, my sister, she's, uh, she's decided to, to really practice stopping the weather. And a few times, actually, for the children's events at her house, you know, the weather did, I mean, the rain didn't happen. The big storm didn't happen. One night, the big storm did happen. We didn't lose our faith. We just all ran inside till it went by, and then we started over again. Sometimes you just have to keep going forward in your faith. But the miraculous is where God gets in agreement with what we're agreeing with him about. And, you know, that's why he put us here to take authority and dominion over everything in the earth. Read it in Genesis 1, 26 through 28. We're created in his likeness, and we've been put on here to have dominion in the earth over everything. And so that means we get to be included in the miraculous intervention of God. And as soon as we really understand that, I believe we begin to operate in what we know we have. Uh, You know, you go to school to learn how to do what you have the ability to do. Uh, sometimes you're not doing it until you know about it. Once you know about it, then you begin to operate in it. And so tonight I want to share with you from 1 Corinthians chapter 2. You can turn there, but while you do, I want to read something that uh, came across in Intercessors for America. It's a great, um, it's on the internet. It's a great organization. They just give you lots of things to pray about. But this says, answered prayers. Scalise returns to house giving glory to God. Um, Is that how you say his name, Scalise? Stephen Scalise? Um, He says, uh, God heard and answered all the prayers for Congressman Steve Scalise, and he gives all the glory to God. Thank God and praise him. He is at work in our nation. Everybody say amen. Amen. Say, God is at work in our nation. Regardless of your politics, you got God is working in our nation. Share a prayer of thanksgiving with Congressman Scalise, and you can go online and do that. And this is the scripture that's here. Come and hear all you who fear God. Let me tell you what he has done for me. I cried out with my mouth. His praise was on my tongue. U.S. Representative Steve Scalise credits the power of prayer for being alive after a bullet nearly killed him. Now, he did this in front of the Congress. And it says the majority whip returned to Congress on Thursday, this was a week ago, to thunderous applause. He walked in leaning on leg supports, but under his own power. If you remember, the Republicans and Democrats have a a baseball game. And in that baseball game, someone went into a dugout, took his gun, and began to just fire on the Republicans as they were practicing baseball. And he was hit. And he was down, and this is his story. As, and, and he was very critical, and it was an up-and-down thing. I mean, he would be okay, then he wasn't okay, and then he was. And uh, he said he came in, but under his own power, as soon as he entered the chamber, the entire House of Representatives erupted with shouts and cheers. It starts with a God. How's that to open your statement in the Congress? And he said to the Louisiana Republican, told his peers, he really did deliver for me and my family. 
He told them that since the shooting, he has experienced a spiritual revival. It gives you that renewed faith and understanding that the power of prayer is something you cannot underestimate. You know, in the church, and I've been in ministry a lot of years, the hardest thing to get people to is a prayer meeting. Everything else is, you know, pretty classes, anything like that. But to come and pray is very difficult to get a crowd, to draw a crowd. But he really credits all this to the power of prayer. It's something you cannot underestimate. Scalise told the packed house that after he was shot, he was unable to move. I just started to pray, he shared. And prayer gave me an unbelievable sense of calm. Now, he's laying out there, and this, all this gunfire is going on. At that point, it was in God's hands. I prayed for very specific things, and I will tell you pretty much every one of those prayers were answered. At, and then he goes on and says, Scalise said, barely keeping his composure, I'm definitely a living example that miracles really do happen. Everybody say, miracles do happen. And... uh I believe that we have to be in an expectation kind of mode. Not like, oh, I hope somebody does. I hope God shows. I hope that, you know, there's, there's hoping like, well, you know, you never know. And there's expectation that says, I know because I know God that someone is going to do something. God is going to move on someone. Something is going to happen to change this situation. And even though we can't physically do something, by the power of prayer, by our confession, we begin to change what's going on around us. And uh, it says in 1 Corinthians 2, I like this scripture, because I believe, you know, even in my own life, excuse me, um, I don't have a college education Uh, to be preaching and doing what I do today, but I know God has taught me and trained me and put me in the position I'm in. So my credentials are not man's credentials, but I believe they're God's credentials, and I know that God is with me. And if God be for me, who can be against me? Not that I don't. I think everybody should continue education. I think people need to be educated. I wasn't, but I don't believe it stopped what God had planned for my life. And so it says, and I, brethren, when I came to you, this is Paul speaking, did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom declaring to you the testimony of God, but I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling. You wouldn't think Paul would be saying that, but that's what he says. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration, everybody say demonstration, demonstration of the spirit and of power that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. You know, when Scalise was in the hospital, I can remember, you know, if you're watching the news and even people who are giving a credible report, the reports of the physicians were he is in critical condition, that there were Um, in the medical world, opportunities for him not to make it out of that injury. And so they would go back and forth and back and forth. How many of you love to be going back and forth? The Bible says in James, that's an unstable man. (laughs) And, you know, if we're going to count on what we see and what people or men say, 
in any arena, not just in medical. I praise God for doctors. I go to the doctor. But, but my confidence in who I am and what I have is in God and not in man. My confidence is in God that when I do what God says, he will do what he says. Not that I have to do it, but that God will work with me and he will do what he says. And that's the miraculous. Everybody say the miraculous. You know, sometimes when people are very ill, sometimes when we see people in a situation, whatever that situation may be, we think, well, I'd pray for them, but, you know, don't know if it, I don't really know if it would change anything. That's not your job. That's not my job. My job, I have orders from headquarters that says, I pray for the sick and they shall recover. That's my orders. My orders are not to determine if they're this sick or that sick. You know, that's not my job. Uh, My job is to obey what God tells me to do in that situation. And then the miraculous takes over. And, uh, you know, probably the greatest miracle was the birth of Jesus. You know, it's hard to explain the birth of Jesus uh, to people. You know, well, you know, Mary, she was a virgin. And the Holy Spirit overshadowed her. And she became pregnant and she carried the Son of God. You know, that's hard to explain to adults. You ought to try to explain it to an eight-year-old. It happened to me Saturday. Had my granddaughter with me. And she's learning. Now, let me read to you what this says. And, you know, she's young, so she doesn't have full understanding of things. Although we had a baby. We had my my great-grandbaby here. And they were talking about having babies and stuff. And, of course, she's listening to all this. And uh, she said, well... You know, Jesus, uh, when he was a baby, uh, he, God was his dad. I said, yeah, and uh, Mary was his wife. <laughs> I said, well, actually, Mary was Joseph's wife. <laughs> right out of her mouth so fast came, Mary divorced God? <laughs> then I go, I said, well, it's not exactly the way it happened, but Joseph is the one that raised Jesus. And uh, I can't explain it all right now. We're in a hurry. <laughs> I'll leave that to her mother. But, you know, how am I going to say to an eight-year-old, and the Holy Spirit overshadowed? She would ask me a million questions after that. So, but I never expected Mary divorce God. You know, an eight-year-old, their mentality now, they hear divorce all the time. So she had Mary divorced from God and Joseph. I don't know what she thought. I gave her to her mother after that. But the Bible says in uh, Luke 41, 45, that um, this is what Elizabeth said to Mary. Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment. Everybody say fulfillment. The miraculous brings a fulfillment that we cannot bring in the natural. And it says, a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. What was that? That she would carry the Son of God. She was told in Luke that the Holy Spirit would overshadow her and that God had chosen her to carry the Son of God. Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. Everybody say, a miracle. That was a miracle conception. Once and only once, Jesus is the fulfillment of the miraculous. 
of God. In other words, he not only was a miracle worker, he was a miracle because of the way he came into this earth. So, um, you know, when we think about miracles, we can't think about operating on a regular basis like we do every day. We have to think beyond that. We have to think about the power of God and what God can do. And it says, and I believe this is a key to the God of miracles, it says, Mary said, behold, the maidservant of the Lord. Right before that, uh, she says, for with God, nothing will be impossible. Everybody say, that's the miraculous. That's, that's the impossible that's being talked about there. Then Mary said, and this is what I believe we all have to say, Behold the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your, according to your word. See, the word is even uh, a miracle because it says it's living, and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. And when you take in the word of God, the word of God begins to change you even though you're just reading the word of God. It isn't anything that you can see happening. It isn't anything that you can feel happening. But when you take in the word of God, you are changed. You are changed from glory to glory. And uh, I experienced that in my life. And, I, and so I guess to me, it just seems like the natural thing because I know who I was before Jesus. And I've seen whom I've become since having Jesus. And everybody say, it's a miracle. You know, and some of you, I look at you and I think, you're a miracle. It's a miracle. <laughs> Turn to your neighbor and say, you're a miracle. <laughs> you're a miracle. You know, um, from the beginning of Revelation, or Genesis to Revelations, uh, and I love reading through the Bible. Now, some of the books I do get a little tired of. I just have to tell you, you know, Leviticus is just long and hard. And, you know, and, and sometimes I just want to... Say, God, I've read that lots of times. Could we just skip it? But, I mean, I just read every everything. I read every begot, beget, you know, all those things. <laughs> but, you know, when you do that long enough, you kind of get the idea of how it all went or how it all flowed. And then when you read about what somebody did, you, you kind of can connect them to who was before them. And And so over time, it really does change your life. And I was thinking of Joseph and Daniel. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, I mean, those stories are full of miracles, full of miracles. And David, you know, when he killed Goliath, I mean, that's a miracle. And so we get to see miracles, not just in the birth of Jesus, but all through the Old Covenant, it's all about miracles. And uh, the one thing that encourages me uh, when I read, especially the Old Covenant, those people messed up all the time. You know, and I find life... Sometimes we just mess up. Maybe you don't, you know, so if you're here tonight and haven't messed up, maybe this will be for you someday or maybe somebody you know. But we all make mistakes. Everybody say mistakes. And we all can reflect and say, I wish I'd have done that better. But the miracle power of God is not limited by how we've done it or how we're going to do it. It's how God's going to do it when we get in agreement with what God wants to do. And um, I, was, I was thinking about um, the children of Israel, and I'm, I'm right now in Jeremiah. And um, I just, I, I've, I like the book of Jeremiah. Uh, Ezekiel gets a little long, but I encourage you to read through the Bible. Everybody say, read through the Bible. You know, um, it isn't hard if you do a little bit every day. It's really hard if you try to just sit down and read a book of the Bible. But if you read through it every day, 
It's just a little bit. It's not more than 15 minutes. And the word will change you. And the word brings you into the miraculous. When you're reading the word, you enter into the miraculous. Is there something wrong? We're good. Uh, okay, let me just do this. It's Jeremiah 29, 11. I want to read this to you. And this is what it says. I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. You know when that was written? That was written to the children of Israel when they were in captivity in Babylon. They had messed up really big time. They had not honored the Sabbath. And God himself used a wicked king to bring them into captivity and said, you'll stay there for the number of years that you have dishonored the Sabbath. You know, sometimes when we make mistakes, there's things that happen in our life that we just have to walk through uh, the consequences of that. Now, I don't believe God is going to hold us in a position of bondage but I, because God's not the one that does that, but the devil will. But if we understand, I'm going to go through this. These circumstances have happened in my life because of choices that I made. But those choices that I made in Jesus' name will change my life. Everybody say, change my life. And so in the midst of those, the Bible says, all things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Are you feeling bad? Let me pray for her. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray in the name of Jesus. I bind the word of the, word of the enemy against her life in Jesus' name. I bind those lying spirits that have tried to control her in Jesus' name. And I thank you for giving her peace. In Jesus' name right now, that the peace of God will cover her from the top of her head to the soles of her feet. In Jesus' name, I bind you, devil. You're a liar and you are a thief. And you have no place in her life. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Um, But all things, everybody say all things, are going to work together for our good. And even though they were in captivity... Even though the children of Israel were in captivity, I want you to read what God says that they should do in that place. How many of you have ever been in a circumstance as a result of your own choices and wished you weren't there? And think, you know, surely God's going to get me out of here. Surely he will, but it may not be as soon as you hoped. Because the children of Israel had even prophets telling them, listen, this is only going to last a couple years. And then you get to get out of here. And God said, no, they're lying. They are lying prophets. You're going to be here for all the years I said you'll be here. And you will not leave here until I'm saying it's done. Now, in that place, he didn't say, so go in the corner and lay down and just let life run over you. He did not say that. Because he's a God of miracles. Even in their captivity, everybody say, even in captivity. And I believe this is a message for some of you here tonight. Even though you're in a situation that you wish you weren't in, that does not mean that you just give up and lay down and and say, well, when it's over, it'll be over and then I'll go again. That is not what God is saying. And in this place, it says, thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all who were carried away captive, whom I have caused to be carried away to Jerusalem, to Babylon. Build houses and dwell in them. Plant gardens and eat their fruit. 
In other words, go on with your life. And then it says, take wives and beget sons. And, and then it says, um, and daughters, and take wives for your sons and your daughters. They're going to be there a while. Yeah, that's another generation. Hallelujah. So what he's saying is those prophets that told you only gonna, this only going to last two years, it's going to last a little longer than that, folks. But in this place, do not let go. Do not give up. You're in this place because of choices that were made, not even necessarily for these people, but for generations before who had made choices. And God finally said, enough. Uh, you know, there's times where we get in positions that we didn't even cause it. It's a result of somebody else, something else that happened. But what we've got to understand is the miraculous even works when you're in captivity. And that's what I really felt God wanted me to share tonight. We cannot believe that just because we're in a place we don't want to be, that God is not there with us. And that God isn't going to do something. And it goes on and it says, uh, take wives for your daughters and your sons. Uh, so that they may bear sons and daughters, that you may be increased there and not diminished. Isn't that good news? I remember when I traveled, the first trip I went overseas, uh, I took 10 women here from Victory, and we went, met up with uh, another pastor's wife, or another pastor, and 22, we had 22 total women on this trip. <laughs> Melba was there, so was Miriam, and so was Sue. And uh, we got on this, we got on buses, and we just traveled around, and we went to the gypsies. And the gypsies were in Bratislava. They were in Prague, in those areas. And they could not work. They could not work because the gypsies were a class of people that nobody would have anything to do with, and they could not work. And I felt to preach a message on prospering in captivity, I thought, oh, this is not the right message, God. We, we do not do this here. Because, I mean, for one thing, you know, we're, we're going into this place, and it's kind of like you're hiding out to even preach to them. And, but we begin to pray and minister to those people. And the Holy Spirit, everybody say the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit showed up in that place. I wasn't the only one ministering, but everything that was done in that room, all the team that was with me, miracles happened in that place that day. The biggest miracle of all was they believed that God could cause them to prosper in their captivity. Because God does prosper people in their captivity. And so it says... Um, I seek the peace of the city where I have caused you to be carried away captive and pray to the Lord for it, for in its peace you will have peace. How many people do you know that are in those places and they have no peace? That, you know, their only peace is that maybe I'll get out of here tomorrow. And th some things just take a while. Some things are, the results are just going to take a while. Turn your name and say it might take a while. But in that place, you're still going to prosper. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, do not let your prophets and your diviners who are in your midst deceive you, nor listen to your dreams, which you have caused to be dreamed. It says, for they prophesy falsely to you in my name, and, have not, and I have not sent them, says the Lord. For thus says the Lord, after 70 years are completed, now this is God, and this is a promise to the people, after they're completed Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word toward you and cause you to return to this place, meaning back to Jerusalem, back to Israel. Everybody say, God's going to do it. 
Now, it'll take a miracle if you read the rest of the books and you read about Nehemiah and you read about Ezra and all the things they had to do to rebuild Israel and to rebuild the temple and all those things. But God said, I'm going to do it, and he did it. Everybody say, he did it. He did it. And this is when he says to them, and cause you to return to this place, for I know the thoughts. That's where that scripture comes from. How many of you have heard that scripture before but never heard the backstory? See, when you hear the backstory, then that scripture even has more meaning. For I know the thoughts I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. He's, he's even the one that said you are going to Babylon for 70 years. But in that place, you're still going to prosper. Now, I don't want to go to Babylon, but I know this. I have been to places similar to Babylon. And in those places, God changed my life forever. In those places were the places that I got to know him like I had never known him before. And they were a result. Some of my decisions, some of other people's decisions. But in those places, I grew In those places, I prospered. In those places, my faith really prospered for the miraculous. But it came because God became real to me, and he was more real to me than my ability. His ability was greater than mine. I knew he could do whatever he said he could do. Now, um, it says in John 14, 12, you know these scriptures, and a lot of you do, and so I'm just going to be saying them, and you say, I, I know that. And we all read it and we hear it. It's what Jesus said to his disciples just before he went to heaven. Uh, he said that greater works, I, I want to read it just like he said it. But it says in 12, most assuredly, that means for certain, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also and greater works than these he will do. Because I go to my father and whatever you ask in my name, that I will do. That the father may be glorified in the son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. I believe that the children of Israel, when they were in Babylon, they could ask God to help them build houses. They could ask God to give them prosperity because he said, you will increase here. Even in this place, you will increase and you will not be diminished. Even in a place you don't want to be, you need to believe in the miraculous. I will increase here and I will not be diminished. For some of you, that's a great word tonight. That is a great word because the devil's been saying to you, you're the one that got you in this mess. I don't think some of you ever heard that, but I have. You're the dummy that got you here. What think you can do now? You know, that's what the devil wants you to hear. You can immediately say, I may have got me here, but God's going to get me out. And until he does, I'm going to increase. So watch this, dummy. He's the dummy. We're the smart people. Amen? Because we have the mind of Christ. And we demonstrate the miraculous. Everybody say, I'm a demonstrator. Now, this isn't the ones that you see on the television. We demonstrate the miraculous, not what the world demonstrates. And that takes us a level higher. So this is what that says. You, believe in me, equals do greater works. Believe in God equals do greater works. Turn to your neighbor and say, I got to get busy. Why? Jesus said, because I go to the Father. He didn't say, because you're just so special, and you've just got so much going for you. No, he didn't say that. You are special, but all you've got going for you is God. Anything God touches is anointed. 
So turn to your neighbor and say, I may not look like it, but I am anointed. Because God has anointed you. How? By the helper, the Holy Spirit. That's how you're going to do this. By the helper, not by, not by your ability, but by God's. And the condition, he says, as I go on, if you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper. So he's saying this is how you do it. That he may abide with you forever, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him. Everybody say, know him. That is the condition. You have to know the Holy Spirit. You have to know that there is a voice in you that is more powerful than any voice you hear out here. That voice in you is more powerful than any voice that you hear out here. That's why it says, the first scripture we read in 1 Corinthians, that not the wisdom of men, but the wisdom of God, the demonstration, which means an act of showing someone how something is used or done. We demonstrate how God does things. Okay? And so that's not by man's wisdom. That's by God's. And where do you get that? How do you get that? By the Holy Spirit. And so what's the condition? You've got to know him. You've got to know him. You know, in Daniel 11.32, if you could put that scripture up for me. Um, I love the book of Daniel. I don't understand all of it when it gets to the end. But oh, it's going to be glorious. Hallelujah. The trumpet's going to sound, stand, uh, sound and I'm going to be gone. Hallelujah. That's all i got to be concerned about about that. I'm, I know I'm going. Do you know you're going? If God sounds a trumpet, are you out of here? Amen. Amen. Somebody else can drive my car. They can pay the lease payment, too. Um, it says this, those who do wickedly against the covenant, which means against the relationship with God, shall corrupt with flattery. Have you ever met anybody that just flatters? You don't receive it. My husband told me a long time ago when we first got married, if you don't receive the flattery, you don't have to receive the criticism. If you love one, you better get ready for the other. Amen? And I don't know of anybody who loves criticism, but if you love to be flattered by man is to say that you believe man's word over any other word. Dangerous. It says, but the people who know their God, the people who know the voice of the Holy Spirit, people who hear the voice of God through the Holy Spirit, shall be strong and carry out great exploits. Amen? Turn to your neighbor and say, that's me. Now you say, that is not me. Well, we're confessing those things that are not as though they were then. It says in 1 John, and I'm going to show you a video to end this because I just thought it was so precious. You know, um, it says, train a child up in the way that they should go and they will not depart from it. Personally, I believe you have to give kids the word. You can tell them all day long, but the only thing that's going to stay in their heart that will keep them from sinning, according to Psalm 119, is I hid the word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Now, I believe we should show them. I believe we should demonstrate before them who God is. But it's the word that will keep them. You know, I have grown children. Of course, I, you know, I have grandchildren. Now I have a great grandbaby. I'm going to have to be speaking the word over that great grandbaby. Even till he can speak the word, I'll speak the word. Amen? Because the word has power 
to keep him. It has the power to keep him from the enemy. And when children learn the word, even though they're babies and they're learning a little scripture, that word goes in them. And it may not show this week, you know, or it may not show next week, but someday that word is in them and the Holy Spirit will go in there and grab that word and pull it right up in their face and it'll stop them from being destroyed. So it's the word. I didn't know the word as a little girl. I went to church. I played the church organ. I sang in the choir. I did all those things. But then I got saved. And then the word of God became alive in my heart. I began to learn it. And the more I learn it, the more ability I have to say, no devil, no devil. My God is bigger than that. He is bigger than that. I know the voice. Everybody say, know the voice. Those are the ones that do exploits. And it says, how do we overcome? 1 John 5, 5. It says, whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world. Our faith. Everybody say, our faith. Well, where does faith come? Romans 10, 17. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. That will make you a partner with God for the miraculous. Because the word will give you the power and the grace to be able to say, my God can fix this. And not worry about the newspaper that's going to say in your work, so-and-so believed for this and said it would and God didn't do it. I'm not God. I'm just me. I did what God told me. I'm not responsible for the results. And that's how the enemy keeps people in bondage is by man's opinion. Man's saying this or that or the other. No, I walk by faith and not by sight. And the reason I walk by faith is because I hear the word of God from the Holy Spirit. Therefore, I can be strong and do great exploits, which are miraculous. Everybody say miraculous. Now, I have a friend uh, that we worked with in Tulsa, and she has about, I don't know, 12 grandchildren now. Her, her children um, were born when we were at Victory. And her, uh, her one daughter, Anna, was her last child. And she now has two babies. And Evie Joy is this one that we're going to watch. And her daddy is teaching her the whole 121st Psalm. She's two. So her, you, you have to really listen. And I'll have him turn it up. But you'll see her in the middle of it. She hears a fire engine. She loses totally track of where she's going in her psalm. But then her daddy said, okay, let's go back. You know, it's just like watching how God would do with us. Okay, let's go back now and let's learn this. And finally, she wants to be done. And her mom says, in just a minute, we'll have a reward. Let's finish this. She says the whole rest of the psalm real fast. Amen. (laughs) So she can get her reward. You know, children... God rewards us just like, you know, you have to believe he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. That's the faith that pleases God. And if anything, when I saw this, I thought that's the miraculous power of God that she's even learning it. But she will be ready for a miracle ministry because the word of God has been put in her and it's readily brought back. So here we go. I lift my eyes unto the. Yeah. 
Is your neither sunburst nor sleeps? The Lord watches over. The Lord is the shade. The sun will not harm me by day. The sun will not harm me by day. Okay, let's finish it. The sun will not harm me by day. Wait, you have to finish it. You have to finish it, and then you get a special treat. The sun will not harm me by day. Thumbs up. Oh, now this is cute. Thumbs up. She you doesn't do know where it's Thumbs up here. Like this? Okay, show me your thumb. <laughs> thumb up. Thumb up like this. <laughs> like that. Yay. Yay. Amen. You know, I believe that's the way God is with us. Because we get distracted sometimes. And, you know, we just quit. But God is saying, no, just wait. Just let's finish this. Everybody say, finish it. Let's stand together tonight. Lord, I thank you that you help us to finish our race. You help us to finish each day what we need to finish, whatever that is in our life, that we, we are not people who give up. We are not people who leave the path that you have assigned for us to